Hey there, you're listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Each week, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out okretro.zone to stay on top of new podcasts, videos, and more. So, here we go! This week, I wanted to talk about chiptune music, which I guess could be a genre or mode of making music, like a rule set, or an instrument. I can't decide if any of that is on its own too reductive, but chiptune refers to music that is made by using computers or video game consoles and arcade machines. You get the idea. Uh, I have a cartridge for my Game Boy called LSDJ, or Little Sound DJ, which allows me to use the Game Boy sound chip to run a four-track sequencer. Dope, right? I used to hang out with my friend Colin, oh god, like seven years ago, and we would run around uh, with our Game Boys and we would tether them together. We had uh, two uh, machines by Native Instruments that we would sample sounds from various songs, as well as like Kirby games and make beats in his backyard by running like elaborate extension cables out there, you know, so we could, I guess, enjoy that fresh Indiana air. I don't know, but I just remember us running cables outside so we can make our music in the out of doors. Uh, Perhaps that's a little extra. Uh, But it was so much fun to sample sounds and build jams. I don't think we're very good, but it was hella fun. But we loved chiptune. So... Chiptune, good old MIDI sounds triggered by Game Boy or NES or the Commodore 64, you name it. But when I think about chiptune music, at first glance, I think of creating music within hardware or software restrictions, like how do you create something and innovate while working within the confines of what the Game Boy can do. And I'll probably reference the Game Boy a lot because it's what I have firsthand experience with. Uh, But chiptune is by no means limited to just the Game Boy. Defaultly, you can think of video game music from the 70s, 80s, 90s as chiptune since it defaultly plays off that hardware in those consoles. But now, years later, we have video game developers and music makers working within the confines of the hardware of yesteryear. Take Shovel Knight, for instance. Yacht Club Games, with the help of Jake Kaufman, made one of my favorite soundtracks, and the game development was surrounded by how to best stay within the confines of yesteryear, with some exceptions. The song Strike the Earth is my favorite from the original soundtrack. I'll put a little chunk here. And then you have musicians like DJ Cutman and Kevin Vallejo remix Strike the Earth to have some sweet breaks and stuff. So here's that, just for a little comparison. of DJ Cutman, he founded the label Game Chops that's dedicated to video game remixes, which hosts many chiptune artists. With that being said, chiptune isn't explicitly music limited to or by the hardware. Many musicians use chiptune processes from hardware or software to create bass waves or as a source for arpeggios or voice sounds to incorporate those sounds that they get from, let's say, a Game Boy into a larger composition with samples and drum machines and various instruments. 
What I'm trying to say is chiptune is dope as hell. While there are a whole bunch of chiptune artists, like, oh boy, um, let me, let me rattle some off. Um, you have Anamana Gucci, which is, uh, I don't want to say an outlier, but they're a band that runs at NES for a lot of their synth sounds. You have Null Sleep, Saber Pulse, Cheap Beats, they're kind of, um... I don't know, I think of them, I, I don't want to call them like patriarchs or like flagships, but uh, when I think of Chiptune, there are three names that just jump to the front of my mind. Uh, there's Disasterpiece, who's done a bunch of soundtracks, uh, Grimecraft, who does some really dope remixes, Rainbow Dragon Eyes, which is all one word, and Rad, I believe, also worked on the game The Messenger, Jake Kaufman, of course. Uh, Chibi Tech, uh, Rush Jet One, and uh, let's one more would be DDR Kirby. That's just a few that popped off my dome. That was that's more than a few. I'm sorry about that. But how did I find these artists? Now their music is all over the internet with the power of Bandcamp and YouTube. Uh, but when I was in grad school, I not only had like a super great cumbersome commute. But I spent a lot of my day locked in my studio attempting to make things, so I needed music. I found a podcast that still exists out there, but no longer is getting its weekly updates. But it's called This Week in Chiptune, and hosted by, you guessed it, DJ Cutman. I don't know if you've noticed, but he has done a lot for the Chiptune and video game remix community. Each week, he curated an hour or so of music with different themes. One week it could be chiptune music from Mexico or chiptune songs from a, a particular hardware like the Amiga and an episode dedicated to just drum and bass with a lot of uh, chiptune presence. I still go back and listen to the episodes because I dig the curation. I'd like to recommend episode 84, which showcases a great sampling of what chiptune is or can be. It starts with, well maybe it doesn't start with, but in the first half you definitely have um, Rush Jet 1's remixes of the Mega Man 2 soundtrack, which are amazing. And on that episode, you also have a guest DJ, which doesn't happen too often on uh, This Week in Chiptune. But we have Ralphington, who kind of curates um, this showcase for EDM tracks that have a chiptune flair. Uh, there's a really great, I, th I believe that's the episode that has a really great Odessa remix. Um, it's actually an episode, though, that I keep downloading on my phone to show people, but also so I can listen to it on my commute uh, and have it within reach. I like the idea of chiptune being a genre and a mode or framework to work within, or as simple as a thing like a sound, or maybe a lifestyle choice. Uh, chiptune has no boundaries, while also presenting some. Uh, I feel like we are tethering on a like philosophical uh, conundrum here, but hey, I really like most MIDI sounds, so there's that. Though, <laughs> if you've been watching me play Wild Arms 2 on, on our streams, there's an enemy, excuse me, that is called a spawn, and it's kind of like this ghoul or zombie, but it has this attack, and I believe it's called Undead Howl, or something to that effect, and it's this MIDI sound that literally makes my whole body cringe, like, without my consent. It just triggers something and gives me like chills. I hate it. Uh, but MIDI video game sounds besides that are rad. Chiptune is great. Uh, I hope you check out any and all of these artists I've listed. I'll have links in the show notes, so <sighs> buckle up. 
And while chiptune songs can be drum and bass or jazz or a pop song or even covers of like For Elise, uh, could even be remixes of your favorite EDM songs. I find it most often, it's just really great driving music and driving in the way of like, maybe you're driving, but having a task at hand and you just need to focus and like having that, like, I don't know, there's usually a pretty good groove, even if the song that it's covering doesn't have a groove. Uh, it just helps me keep momentum. I guess I just love the blend of video games and computer technology with music. But I hope you enjoy. So once again, thank you for listening to Combo Breaker for a one-two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And if you want to share something that you're digging on, shoot an email over to weareokretro at gmail.com with that combo breaker in the subject line. And why don't you follow me on those social medias at weareokretro to see, I don't know, new stuff coming up, what I'm up to, you know all that jazz. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time.